Welcome to Season 7, Episode 158 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. I just cannot emphasize enough the importance of training, the importance of finding the right instructor who is qualified to be giving instruction in whatever topic that you're seeking. You're looking for the right knowledge and the right fit to take a class or to take some hands-on training exercises from someone who has the experience and more importantly has the credentials to be the right instructor and the right fit for you, regardless of the type of training that you plan to do. For those of us who enjoy firearms and recreational shooting, we should be responsible enough to go to the range as often as we can to practice with the type of firearm that we enjoy shooting. Whether it be pistols, revolvers, rifles, or shotguns, take your time and spend the time that's required to make you a better shooter, a better marksman, and all around a more responsible firearm owner because we're learning how to use our firearm safely and responsibly And while we're doing that, we're becoming a better marksman. So throughout this process, it's always good to continually seek additional training because you can always better yourself and learn new and different techniques into becoming a better shooter. So one of the techniques that is an all-around, hands-down, great way to train and is very inexpensive is to practice dry firing. This can be done from the comforts of your own home, making sure that your firearm is unloaded, safe and clear, and making sure there is no ammunition anywhere around you or even in the same room as you. You want to make sure the ammunition is stored separately and away anywhere that you're going to be doing your dry fire training. One of the techniques that the National Rifle Association certified instructors use, and there are some pretty awesome instructors out there, if I do say so myself, Um, one of the methods that they teach is a concealed carry class, otherwise known as a CCW or concealed carry workshop. And this class teaches something that a lot of people never learned the fundamentals in how to do. Everything that we learn are building blocks upon something that we've learned beforehand. You have to learn to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. This also applies to learning new skills and techniques and building a strong foundation in any type of training that we do with firearms. One of the things that I've learned in dealing with a lot of different students who come from a variety of different backgrounds, some of which carry a firearm every day in the course of their job duties, what they've told me is what I'm about to tell you, they've never learned how to do. This is a technique that the NRA teaches in this particular class, the CCW course, that most people don't learn. And what that is, is learning how to draw from concealment. Your personal and public safety is always, always the number one concern anytime that you're carrying a concealed handgun. When you make the conscious choice to carry a firearm concealed, 
there are things that you as a responsible gun owner should have done before you ever got to that stage. Some of those techniques are learning some of the fundamental and basic safety measures if you ever had to access and draw that firearm to protect yourself or those around you or any loved ones if you're in a situation that happens in a split second. No one knows how they are going to react if a situation were to ever arise. If you were to get surprised or startled or jumped by a criminal or somebody with bad intentions, you are at the disadvantage because you are taken by surprise usually, and that criminal is already a step ahead of you because they've already been watching They've already identified who their next victim is going to be. And one of the other things that they have to their advantage is the element of surprise. So we can do everything that we can possibly think of to try to train for those types of situations. We try to practice visualization by mentally putting ourselves in different bad situations and visualizing how we're going to get ourselves out of those scenarios. We also go to the range and we practice shooting. We practice marksmanship. You know, how tight of a group can you hit that center target or that center mass from three yards, five yards, seven yards? You know, anytime you carry a firearm for personal protection, those guns are made to have accuracy at pretty close ranges, pretty close distances. So you practice and train as best you can, but in reality, how are you going to get to your firearm if that situation was right in front of you at that moment? If you have a concealed firearm, how quickly can you access your gun if your life depended on it? There's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of trainers out there who can help students in the personal protection realm of carrying a firearm. But in all my years of experience, the one topic that I have never seen taught before is how to actually practice drawing from concealment. I have never seen this technique taught so well um, outside of the NRA CCW course. So this safety technique for, for drawing from concealment to access your concealed carry gun, this must be ingrained in your brain every single practice session that you do. This technique and these fundamentals of drawing from concealment, you should practice them so often and so frequently that it's almost considered, you know, what you hear people say, muscle memory. You do it without even thinking about doing it. That's how often and that's how frequently you should be practicing these different um, steps to access your firearm from a concealed position. There are several different ways that you can carry a concealed gun, but if you wear a, a belt and have a holster attached to your belt, there's a couple different types of holsters. There are outside the waistband holsters where your gun sits on the outside of your belt. Then there are inside the waistband holsters where the holster is on the inside of your pants and the gun sits on the inside. So these are often referred to as OWB for outside the waistband or IWB for inside the waistband. So for purposes of this um, training technique, we'll talk about wearing a belt and wearing either an inside or an outside the waistband holster. 
And there are two types of clothing that you can wear to practice this type of training. You can either wear an open-fronted shirt, whether it be an unbuttoned jacket or a vest, or you can have a closed front shirt, whether it be an oversized t-shirt or a sweatshirt, something that you have to actually lift up to access your firearm. Regardless of the type of shirt or jacket that you're wearing, the most important thing to do and to remember is practice. You need to practice with the type of clothing you're going to be wearing to conceal a firearm that you're going to be carrying. You also need to practice with the type of holster that you're wearing on your belt, whether you choose to wear an inside the waistband or an outside the waistband, whichever one, again, the most important part is making sure you're comfortable and familiar with it and being able to quickly and safely access. The first step is to access your firearm. So in order to do this, the way that you should hold your hand that's going to be holding your firearm is what's referred to as a knife blade. Pointing your four fingers vertical to the sky, take your thumb and stretch it out in the shape of an L if you are a left-handed shooter or a backwards L if you are a right-handed shooter, your thumb should be horizontal. So your hand is a rigid knife blade and your thumb is a rigid thumb. So you want to use this rigid thumb to forcibly move your garment out of the way to access your firearm. So this is the step that goes with the access is making sure that you have your hand in the proper position to be able to move your garment away and access your firearm. If you're wearing a closed front shirt, such as a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, this step, you're going to take your support hand and reach as far across your body as possible and quickly lift up your shirt so that your shooting hand can establish that good firing grip on the pistol with the bladed fingers and the rigid thumb. You are accessing your firearm by getting your garment out of the way and having your shooting hand quickly and safely access your firearm. When we go through these steps of drawing your firearm from a holster, it's very important to realize that every time we practice this with an unloaded firearm and your ammunition far and away, you should be practicing slowly and controlled. You wanna make sure that each of the proper steps and techniques are being followed. Remember this. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. The more time you take understanding each one of these steps that we're about to cover and practice it correctly, having perfect practice, that is going to be ingrained in you much better than if you race your way through the steps to try to access your firearm and move forward with the training. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. These are the steps you should take when drawing from a holster. Access, grip chest, pull, rotate, join, extend, fire if necessary, scan and assess, reluctantly holster. You want each of these steps that you're practicing to be slow and controlled because slow is smooth, smooth is fast. The first step in presenting the pistol is to gain access to it 
by either sweeping the cover shirt aside if you're using an open-fronted garment, such as a coat or a jacket, or even a button-down shirt, or by lifting the side of your shirt, if it's a closed front garment, like a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, you wanna expose the grip of the firearm quickly. The next step is to acquire a firm grip on the pistol. The pistol should fit firmly into the Y that you've made of your firing hand with the trigger finger straight alongside the frame or along the side of the holster. Obtaining the proper firm grip on the pistol is critical for two reasons. First, the initial grip you obtain is usually difficult to adjust during your draw. Second, Obtaining a firm grip is essential to preventing dropping the gun or otherwise losing control of it while you draw. During this step, your support hand will also come across and be positioned in the middle of your chest. Not only are you gripping your pistol with your draw hand, you are also gripping your chest with your support hand. The reason why you do this almost simultaneously you want to keep your support hand from crossing in front of the muzzle. The support hand will remain in this position until the joining step. So the next step after you grip is pull. In most cases, this step simply involves pulling the gun's muzzle clear of the top of the holster. The simplest removal is from a fitted holster with no safety strap. There are several other types of holsters which may require you to first release a safety strap, do a switch or a lever with your thumb, or somehow, some way, release the pistol from that holster. Once again, it stresses the importance of knowing your holster and practicing with it so you're very comfortable accessing, gripping, and pulling your pistol without having to think about those different steps when time can sometimes be against you. So pulling the gun's muzzle, you wanna make sure when you pull that gun out of the holster, the gun's muzzle clears the top of the holster. As soon as this happens, once the muzzle is clear, rotate just your wrist up and your elbow down. This motion will place the gun forward of the chest and it'll be pointed towards your target. The forearm will be parallel to the ground and this will help keep the muzzle pointed at the target during the next step, which is going to be extend. When the gun is rotated fully forward and it's pointed in the direction of the target, the trigger finger may now and only now be placed in touching the trigger. At this time, the safety, if any, on the firearm can be disengaged. One advantage of rotating the gun toward the target as soon as it's removed from the holster, in an emergency, it can quickly be fired at an assailant. While the gun is being rotated toward the target, the support hand is then in position in the middle of your chest to be ready for the next step, which is join. In the join step, the support hand is moved off of the position on the chest to join with the firing hand to form the two-handed grip. Unless a one-handed firing technique is being used, you want to get that second hand in position to get the most control and the proper shooting technique of your firearm. It is critical that the support hand approaches the gun from the rear to avoid crossing in front of the muzzle. 
This also helps to retain the gun in the event an arm's length assailant attempts to take it from you. After you join, you should be able to pick up the sights as the gun is moving forward into the correct firing position. This position is now called extend. With practice, you will be able to achieve defensive sight alignment simultaneously with full extension of your arms. For purposes of defensive shooting, perfect sight alignment is not required. It's really only necessary for the front sight to be visible somewhere in the rear sight notch. You want to make sure when you practice on the extend step that you are extending straight out towards the target. You want your arms to be horizontal to the ground because you want to avoid having to sweep the muzzle up or down as you're getting to that extend position. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The next step is fire. If necessary, it's at this point that the trigger needs to be pressed. When you're practicing this on dry fire, you can always dry fire pressing the trigger for the purposes of training and practicing what that feels like. Firing the gun is an optional step, obviously, after completing presentation. If you're in this step and at this point and there is no threat or need to fire your gun, you obviously would not take the shot. But Be mindful that if there is imminent threat to your life or severe bodily injury, you may have to take a shot. After you determine to fire or not, the next step is to be scanning and assessing the area. You are always wanting to look for continued or potential additional threats. Making sure you keep the muzzle pointed in a safe direction or potentially pointed at your target It is so important to scan the area and assess your situation to determine if the threat has actually ceased or if there are other threats that may present themselves from other directions 
such as several attackers that stemmed off that original attack. You also want to check the status of your firearm, making sure that you are performing your firearm check at eye level. If you have to perform a reload, you want it to be done all up in the front of your face so you can see what's going on, not only with your firearm and what you're doing, but you also have the ability to scan the area to continue checking for your safety. It's at this point that the pistol safety is engaged or the pistol is decocked if it's equipped with that. Once you are certain that all threats to your safety or the safety of others in your area have stopped, your pistol should be decocked or put the safety back on prior to reholstering. You always want to keep your eyes toward the target and keep your trigger finger straight indexed along the frame of the pistol. Pull the gun back into the middle of your chest, keeping the muzzle pointed downrange and in the ready position. Engage the safety or decock the firearm and practice in your training that the presentation of your firearm always begins and ends with the pistol safety engaged or the pistol decocked if equipped. Holster the gun, put your support hand back on your chest, and once that you're satisfied with the status of your pistol, return it to the holster. The steps to do this are removing your support hand from the gun and placing it back in the center of your chest. If you need to, momentarily glance down at your holster to locate it visually. With practice, you should be able to locate your holster by feel without having to look down at it. Guide the muzzle of the gun into the holster. You should not be in a rush to holster. Remember, you want to holster reluctantly. Continue scanning and assessing the area. Some holsters require the use of two hands to fully holster. With these types of holsters, you want to be careful to not point the muzzle of your gun at your support hand during the holstering process. It is recommended that you acquire a holster that does not need two hands to holster your gun. Care must always be taken not to entangle the gun in the fabric of your shirt, of your jacket, or of the vest that you're wearing to conceal. Such entanglement could interfere with the fit of your gun in the holster and will prevent a proper draw. Anytime fabric or any type of clothing wraps around the trigger as the gun is being holstered, it could actually cause an unintentional discharge. If you've never practiced drawing your firearm from a concealed position, this is a lot of information to try to digest, and it's best to take these steps one nugget at a time. When you're learning these steps for the very first time, you should practice without a cover garment. You should practice with just your holster going through each of these steps. Once you have gone through everything nice and slow, because slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Once you're comfortable in going through each of these steps over and over again, at that point, you should go ahead and put on a cover garment such as a jacket, a vest, a button down, or even a sweatshirt to cover your firearm. Now you're ready to take each of these steps very slowly and very controlled when you're accessing your firearm with a cover shirt. Access, grip, chest, pull, rotate, join, extend, fire if necessary, scan and assess your area, 
and reluctantly holster. Remembering that slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Training is the key to becoming a better marksman. Not only how well you train on the range, but also the quality of the time that you put in in the comforts of your own home doing dry fire and dry training exercises. When you are training and going through different steps slowly and consistently, you want to make sure that you are doing them correctly. Do your research and find reputable sources to teach you the proper techniques to make sure that you are training properly. Practice doesn't make perfect, but what does make you a better shooter is perfect practice. You can practice all day long, but if you are practicing the incorrect techniques, it is not going to do you any bit of good when you get out on the range and you're actually shooting your target. Perfect practice makes perfect. Make sure that you are doing the proper techniques and that you've practiced those techniques. And the best way to do that to get really good repetition time is taking advantage of dry fire practice. Practicing each of these moves slowly and with a lot of repetition is only going to build upon each of those fundamental building blocks to make you remember those techniques that you need to do when you're actually drawing from concealment. Many ranges have restrictions on what you can and cannot do with a concealed firearm. A lot of these ranges do not allow for you to draw from a holster. So make sure that you know your range rules on any range that you visit to know what you can and cannot do based on those rules. If this is something that you want to put to the test, do a little bit more research and find those locations that allow for you to do the types of training that you want to do. It is your responsibility and your duty as a responsible gun owner to continue with your skill development and improve your own marksmanship. According to the training that the NRA provides, we have responsibilities as gun owners. Americans enjoy a right that citizens of many other countries do not. That is the right to own firearms. But with this right comes responsibilities. It is the gun owner's responsibility to store, operate, and maintain his or her firearm safely. It is the gun owner's responsibility to ensure that unauthorized or untrained individuals cannot gain access to his or her firearms. And it is the gun owner's responsibility to learn and obey all applicable laws that pertain to the purchase, possession, and use of a firearm in his or her locale. Guns are neither safe nor unsafe by themselves. When gun owners learn and practice responsible gun ownership, guns are safe. Do your part, do your research, do your training. Remember, slow is smooth smooth as fast. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and making memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit northamericanoutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.